0: Welcome to Bedtime Story Adventure 2020 Children's Urban Fantasy Chapter 11 Dangerous Delphine Jenny waited at the top of the road for James again. A fine mist of rain clung to her coat and dripped off her hood. Again, he didn't turn up, and she ended up having to run to school to avoid being late. Nancy met her outside the maths room. Did you hear, Nancy said, about the county team? I got in. I haven't checked my email yet, Jenny said. You're sure to be in as well, Nancy said. They will have picked you before me. Nancy may have been right, and it made Jenny wish she'd checked her email. All her football thoughts had completely vanished in the face of the ringmaster and the kidnapped animals. They filed into the maths room. "'Right, everyone,' Mr Collings said, once they'd all sat down. "'I have good news and bad news. What do you want first? "'Nobody said anything. Mats usually started with some kind of challenge related to the last lesson's work.' "'Saskia put her hand up. "'Good?' she ventured. "'Yes, Saskia. "'The good news is that the school inspections finished as promptly as it started, "'so we can all get on with actually teaching you lot again.' And I have to say, I can't wait to tell you all about today's juicy topic. Who can remember Mean, Median and Mode? Yes, Saskia? What's the bad news, sir? Oh, the bad news. Well, someone has decided, and I really have no idea who makes these decisions, that the whole school is going to the circus this week. Not all at once, a couple of classes at a time. The circus, Jenny asked, paying full attention. The small one in Preston Park. That's above my pay grade. I'm just the messenger. Exactly which circus and how you're going to get there is out of my hands. The all-staff email this morning simply said it was an educational trip and to be prepared for some lessons to be disrupted. That's all I know. Michael stuck up a hand from the front row. Is it one of those performing animal circuses? Are they still allowed to do that? Which part of that's all I know didn't you understand, Michael? If the next person to call out doesn't mention mean, median, or mode, or standard deviation, then they'll be staying in at break time. The class was silent. Right, I'm going to put up a list of heights on the board, and I want you to work out three averages. If you really want, you can pretend they are the heights of clowns in a large circus. Other than clown heights, there were no more mentions of the circus for the rest of the lesson. At first break, Jenny made her way to the Humanities Corridor. James was coming out of class, clutching the duffel bag, and looking more than a little bedraggled. "'Did Cece hold you up again this morning?' Jenny asked. "'Did she? I'm not great in the morning at the best of times. Did you notice that the smell had stuck to our clothes?' "'Yes. Annabel put a wash on for me.' She led them to a bench near the quad. "'Well, I only noticed when I woke up this morning.' I had to stuff yesterday's clothes in the bike shed they were so bad. And the smell was on Cece too. Do you know how hard it is to make a monkey have a shower? He put the bag down between them, unzipped it and put a banana through the hole. A low growl came from within. She's not happy with me. She'll be okay, Jenny said. Did you hear about the circus trip in announcements? No, I was late again. Sounds like we're going in groups to the circus. Oh no, I really don't want to see the ringmaster again. What if we're in the same group? What will we do with Cece? We'll manage, Jenny said, and we need to get inside the circus to find Elf. She might need our help. And she might get us into more trouble, James sighed. Ignore me. I'm tired and grumpy, and I can still smell the bishop when I breathe in through my nose. Of course I want to help Elf. And I guess we'll be doing the inspector's dirty work after all. It was time for the next lesson. James trudged off to English, with Cece still sulking in the bag. At least the monkey might stay put for a while. And Jenny couldn't help feeling that James, though grumpy, had a point. Elf might get them into more trouble. After break, Jenny had ICT, which meant that she had a chance to check her school email. Nancy was right. She had made the county squad. She felt good about it, even though it would mean extra practices midweek on top of the Sunday one. And fixtures too. The circus schedule had been circulated. After checking whether she and James were in different groups, which they were, Jenny looked at the description of the educational aspect of the visit. Apparently the circus was called Dangerous Delphine's Deadly Diversion, and was educational for children because it gave them insight into the history of travelling acts. Whatever the justification for the trip, it was not a long visit. Each group would leave and return in hourly slots, travelling by coach. Jenny was in the first group, right after lunch. James's group was next, leaving when she returned. Hopefully there would be a chance to hand Cece over. The talk at lunchtime was all about the circus. Mainly the fact that no one had ever heard of Dangerous Delphine, or had any idea what her deadly diversion could be. There was a consensus that it couldn't be a wild animal circus, as they were illegal, and the trip had been signed off by the local authority. Jenny guessed that the local authority didn't know about the monkeys dressed as dogs, though. James was late out to lunch. He had been making up lost time in science with Mr Q. Thankfully, Cece was still sulking and had stayed in the bag the whole time. He said that he would be ready for a quick monkey handover when she returned from the trip. Then it was time for Jenny to go. The first group of about 50 children waited in the car park for the coach to arrive. They were told to pair up, and luckily Jenny found Nancy and they stood together on the cold, damp tarmac and talked about football. The coach, as it turned out, was actually a rickety old double-decker bus, driven by an even older, and just as rickety looking, driver. The bus was so old that it had a black and white number plate, and the entrance was at the back. Everyone had to wait for the white-haired woman to get out of the driver's seat and hobble her way round to count the children on board. Amazingly, no teachers came with them. Apparently the council and the circus had come to an agreement to look after the children between them. Jenny and Nancy made their way to the top deck and sat on hard wooden benches right at the front. Stay in your seats, everyone, the driver's creaky old voice called out as the engine roared to life. For a vehicle that would not have been out of place in a transport museum, the short journey was remarkably smooth and soon the children were being counted off by the driver. Two of the ringmaster's henchmen were waiting in the bus stop, stocky women dressed in black. They walked the children to the shabby big top. In the two days that Jenny had been avoiding the park, some efforts had been made to make the big top look more presentable. There was now a sign above the drawn-back entrance which read Circus, and a poster had been pinned to the dirty red and white canvas. There was also a queuing area, made from fencing that looked like it had been stolen from roadworks. The students waited by the fencing until the ringmaster appeared from inside. This way, children, she said grandly, gesturing them forward. Sit on the benches, and the show will begin shortly. There was nothing inviting about the tent nor the ringmaster standing by the entrance, but everyone trudged forward and made their way through the flaps and into the darkness beyond. Jenny tried to look away as she went past the woman in black, hoping that she wouldn't be recognised. "'Good to see you again,' the ringmaster said. "'I hope you learn something today.' Jenny said nothing, but remembered what the inspector had asked her to do. She tried to take everything in and note each detail, though she was less interested in helping the inspector than she was in finding Elf. Inside, the tent sucked all the light out of the air, leaving only a few weak streams of daylight filtering through gaps at the very top. Rather than the traditional ring of seating, there were a few rows of shabby benches on one side. Jenny and Nancy shuffled forward and found seats in the back row. The air was stuffy and warm and filled with the smell of incense and candles. Jenny strained to see anything useful, but was met with a wall of black in front of her. Even so, it felt bigger inside than it had looked from the outside. When everyone was seated, the ringmaster closed the entrance flaps and strode to the space in front of the benches. Her black clothes made her invisible. All you could see was her pale face. Half the audience was chatting quietly to themselves, taking full advantage of being out of lessons. Welcome to Dangerous Delphine's Deadly Diversion. I am the ringmaster of this circus. Here you will be, for a few minutes at least, transported back in time. Everything in here has remained unchanged for over a hundred years. Well, apart from the fact that a hundred years ago we could use wild animals for the performance. In these modern times, we have to make do with domesticated dogs. Lights! Two flickering yellow spotlights lit the ringmaster dimly from either side. It was hardly Cirque du Soleil. Two boys on the row in front of Jenny were paying no attention at all. They were playing some kind of game with a handful of cards. One of them was holding up a card and waving it under the other boy's nose. It might have been Pokemon, but it was too dark to tell. The lights were powered by candles focused through a thick glass lens and had been turned on by removing a board from in front of them. In the stuffy darkness of the tent, the spotlights worked reasonably well, but in reality they were not much brighter than a pair of cheap torches. In one smooth motion, the ringmaster uncoiled the whip from her belt and flicked her wrist. There was a deafening crack, and the card that the boy was waving was ripped in two. The other boy swiftly put his cards away. The noise took everyone by surprise, creating a silence that was immediately focused on three stiff-legged dogs who trotted in and stood obediently in a line. While the danger in using dogs instead of lions may be less, the ringmaster continued. The skill in training is equal. One, two, three. She barked the last words, and the three dogs responded immediately. The first crouched, the second ran onto its back, and the third jumped on top, forming a small stack of dogs. A few girls let out ahs in appreciation of the cuteness. The ringmaster pointed her whip at the dogs, then turned slowly in a circle. The bottom dog rose to its feet and walked forward after the whip, with the other dogs balanced perfectly on top. Now, the ringmaster said as she turned, this may not be as impressive as forming the famous 1889 Istanbul Tower of Elephants, but that is the past. Sanari! The dogs hopped back into a line. What is more impressive than teaching these old dogs new tricks is teaching them how to understand different languages. The command I gave them to stack was one, two, three. Can someone say that in a different language? Verity, who was sitting on the front row, put up her hand and said, Un, deux, trois? French. Very good, the ringmaster barked. Un, deux, trois. And the dogs formed a tower again. There were a few more hours from the benches as the three dogs trotted back and forth in tower formation. "'Sanari,' the ringmaster ordered, and the dogs stood back in a line. "'As much as I would like to show you how to make a lion purr like a kitten, or a crocodile form itself into a bench, I cannot. But as this is an educational visit, in a minute I will be letting you try your hand at animal training. Before that, You will be lucky enough to witness another kind of bond between human and animal. I present to you Dangerous Delphine and her deadly diversion. The ringmaster stepped to the side, and Jenny noticed the shimmer of a dark curtain behind her. Two henchmen struggled out into the dimly-lit area in front of the benches, manhandling something large and black between them. It might have been a small shed covered by a black blanket. They placed it carefully on the ground and quickly backed away out of sight behind the curtain. The children on the nearest bench were only a few feet from the black blanketed item. It's growling, Verity said. Can you hear it? Everyone listened, and sure enough, a low, angry growl was emanating from whatever was in front of them. Do not be alarmed, the ringmaster said. This is not 1870. Wild animals are not allowed in travelling circuses. She walked toward the growling, which got louder as she neared, and with a fluid motion pulled back the blanket. There was a collective gasp, and Verity let out a stifled scream. Under the blanket was a cage, and in the cage was a huge, snarling wolf. "'Growl!' Jenny said. The wolf heard and glanced right at her before baring its teeth at the ringmaster and slamming itself into the side of the cage, rattling the hinges and producing another whimper from Verity. "'It's just a dog,' one of the boys in front of Jenny said confidently. "'A wolfhound! They're big and look like wolves!' "'Just a dog!' the ringmaster scoffed at the boy. "'Then perhaps you would like to come and pet it?' The boy didn't move. "'Come on!' "'I'll open the cage, and you can give him a stroke.' She produced a key and held it up. "'I'm joking, of course. "'This creature, this dog, as you called him, "'is one of the most dangerous animals I have ever trained.' The wolf snarled at the last words. "'With the right commands, just like my Shuzi's, "'he will perform perfectly. "'But even I have not reached that level of confidence yet.' DELPHINE! The curtain barely moved, and the girl stepped out. She was dressed in a junior version of the ringmaster's black outfit, minus the hat. Her hair was short and black, her skin pale, but she had the look of confidence and determination that Jenny had seen many times before. Jenny kicked herself for not working it out as soon as she had heard the name of the circus act. Dangerous DELPHINE was, in fact... Elf.